Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Our text is that of Luke's gospel just read with an eye on our office hymn, Smitten, Stricken, and Afflicted. Happy Thanksgiving. Today, families and friends gather to give thanks. We have all learned about the first Thanksgiving, the pilgrims shared with the Indians and after their struggles to stay alive in the harsh environment as they entered the new world. Through the years, we have heard various portrayals of that event and many challenges of the historical narrative. A look at the results when entering first Thanksgiving into the Google machine give us the Chargers will wear powdered blue for the first Thanksgiving since 1969. Not too relevant. But another more interesting one, the second one from the Washington Post, says Thanksgiving's hidden past. Plymouth in 1621 wasn't close to being the first celebration. And the story catalogs several feasts at which thanks and praise was given. French naval officer Pedro Menendez de Alves landed at what is now St. Augustine, Florida, and gave thanks with a Catholic mass, fed the Indians, and also partook in the meal that was likely a stew of salt pork and garbanzo beans. Yum. Historian Michael Gannon claims this was the first community act of religion and thanksgiving in the first permanent European settlement in the land. There are other accounts ranging from what are now Maine to Texas, another in Richmond, Virginia, and also Jamestown, which celebrated when a supply ship arrived in the spring of 1610 with provisions for the 60 settlers that remained of the original 490 that entered the harsh winter in the year 1609, just a few months before. They were smitten, stricken, and afflicted by the elements, probably their own lack of proper preparation, disease, and an enormous amount of death. Approximately one in eight died that winter. Can you imagine? Each person, if they had done it alone, had buried seven people that winter. All of these, with the exception of the Chargers' Jersey News, Thanks was given to God for his preserving hand. In our text from Luke, we have ten lepers that are stricken, smitten, and afflicted. We do not know much about the ten men, no names, ages, or information on the severity or length of time they had been stricken. We do know that according to the Jewish law, they were unclean and separated from all one might give thanks for. To even touch them would make another person unclean. This is because their bodies showed evidence of death. Perhaps their greater suffering was their loss of communion or fellowship with the community they lived in or could not live in any longer. They lived in existence outside the city. They likely lost jobs. They could not support their families or even be near them. What do they have to give thanks for? Worst of all, they could not enter the temple and worship God. They were separated from God with no real hope of a cure. Their only reasonable hope was a misdiagnosis. It might turn out that what they had was not leprosy at all, 
but some other kind of skin disease that would heal or a miracle. These ten men see Jesus from a distance, and they lift up their voices. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Master is only used seven times in Luke's gospel. In the other six occurrences, it is used by the apostles as they address Jesus. The word master denotes one that is given all authority, one who's the owner, and Jesus is the head or the owner of all things. John 1.3 speaks of Jesus saying, All things were made through him, and without him not anything made was made. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Mercy, save us. It is in the church's liturgy as a cry for salvation. Kyrie eleison, Lord, have mercy. Seeing them and hearing their cry, Jesus simply tells them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. It was only necessary to do this in the event your flesh was healed, made clean. Then you went to the priest according to the Old Testament law to have your soul cleansed through a series of sacrifices and thank offerings. Yet one, the Samaritan, returns to Jesus and gives him thanks. He praises him. Jesus had not yet been crucified, had not yet been dead, put in a tomb and raised. Yet the Samaritan, a foreigner, not a Jew, knew where God was. He knew where to localize his thanks to the person of Christ. That is why we go to church on Thanksgiving. It is a bit of a Lutheran thing. I have to admit, for many years, since childhood, I have come to church on Thanksgiving. I'm passing numerous churches with locked doors and empty parking lots. I felt a bit of smugness. I remember my dad's comment as we would pass them by. Who are they giving thanks to? Now you can add the many shopping centers with parking lots teeming with cars versus churches that are empty and ask the question, who are they giving thanks to? Yet, we celebrate Thanksgiving, a national holiday begun officially during the presidency of Abraham Lincoln. Who are we as a nation and individuals giving thanks to? We have all heard the generic Father God prayers that end in his name. I have news for you. Many today do not know or understand his name or the thanks they give. Many get stuck in a religion of law where they are giving thanks to a God who they only think gives them what they deserve because they are faithful, do selfless acts, and earn what they have from God. In the end, they do not have a father. They have a merciless judge. They cannot live up to the demands and satisfy They can only come to the deluded conclusion that they in some way have earned their own salvation along with all they have. But those who can look at themselves and see themselves as being smitten, stricken, and afflicted with a sinful nature, a leprosy that we are hopeless to battle and cure ourselves, a nature that even makes us sometimes look at ourselves as doing better than others as we drive to church on Thanksgiving morning, we give thanks to the one who has borne the punishment for our sins in his own suffering, death, and resurrection. We return much like the Samaritan leper and give thanks for the mercy which we have been shown. 
And it's interesting, and I think a statement of our sacramental worship is Lutheran's, that we return to this place where we receive Christ and His gifts. It is where we are baptized and made children of God by the power of God's Word and water, not our own resolution or decision. It is where He comes to us through Word and reminds us we are forgiven, cleansed, healed, and able to be in the presence of God. And in that presence, we are able to call out to a heavenly Father that has known us before time and creation, and we receive His Son, Christ, the very body and blood, to forgive our sins and strengthen us in our faith. It is where we return to be with God now until we are with Him eternally, body and soul, with our Lord, our Master, and Redeemer. What do we give thanks for? A good job, a nice house, faithful and loving spouse and children, good friends, good food and drink on our tables, all these gifts from God. We also give thanks for good health, and possibly that is more likely when, like that leprous Samaritan, it is good health restored. Even more so, we give thanks for our lives that have been restored through the gift of faith in Christ, our Master, who was stricken, smitten, and afflicted for us. Jesus tells the Samaritan, rise and go your way, your faith has made you well. It was a faith created as he heard the words of Jesus. Our faith is that same faith. Not a work of our own, but a gift from God. That we hear and believe in his son who was smitten, stricken, and afflicted, and endured it all so that we may have eternal life. So to us who are smitten, stricken, and afflicted in this life, Jesus says, Rise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Happy Thanksgiving. Amen. And now may this peace, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.